Good morning, fellowship family. How are y'all doing? Do y'all say y'all around here? Do y'all say you all, all y'all? Y'all say that? They didn't say that necessarily down in South Louisiana, but I grew up in East Texas, and so we said that. And uh, so if if that's a new if that's new uh, vocabulary for you, I apologize, but it just means ever, everybody. Can everybody say everybody? <laughs> all right. I'm going to invite you to stand. And um, I got good news. It comes out of Colossians. And um, I don't really know. Uh, I can't predict where we're all at in life. I don't know what life is throwing at you. Um, could be good stuff. Could be bad stuff. And, uh, but I know for me personally, every now and then, life comes at me really hard. And... Um, feels like it's trying to tear me down. And um, I can let it. And uh, yeah, life's hard. It's, we struggle through it. We labor through it. There's just things about planet Earth that, that aren't great. Um, but there's good news for, for those of us who believe. And uh, that good news is that <clears throat> Jesus finished a lot of stuff for us that we don't have to worry about on planet earth we can we can face life for what it is and we can rest spiritually rest in the finished work of jesus okay so we're not trying to work and earn there we're resting in all that christ jesus has accomplished for us and in that way in that we find strength to face life amen does anybody relate to that okay praise god i'm glad i'm not the only one so we're going to do just that we're going to sing about the good news of jesus and uh, in Colossians, there's a scripture and it reads like this. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalm, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. Can we be thankful? Can we just say thanks? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. sins against us, praise God. We can come just as we are. There's grace. There's mercy. Let's sing it out. Come all you weary. Come all you thirst. Come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water. Come and thirst no more. sinners come find his verse come to the table he will satisfy taste of his goodness god so loved the world sing it out for god so loved for god so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son to save us whoever Oh 
Yeah. 
Discover was something I knew about, but I was primarily plugged in in FSM, like leading cell groups and students. It's where I think God has gifted me and where my heart's been for a long time. And I wanted my commitment, my faith at Fellowship to be fully my own, grounded and kind of understand everything and to make sure that I really truly understood the identity and the DNA of my church. And so I signed up for, uh, for Discover, actually in Fayetteville at the time. Really enjoyed it and 
was really affirmed in a lot of the things that I learned just from being a part of our community. My fellowship journey was, was by myself in a lot of ways. Not, I mean, I always had community, but I think a lot of these faith decisions, God pressed on my heart and our community took care of me. And I think for me, it was just really exciting to, that God blessed me with someone else to bring into the journey with and to see the great things that God's doing in our church through someone else's eyes. And kind of, I was more just excited and, and really interested in how Natalie was processing those new things too. I wanted the background of, okay, what exactly does Fellowship believe and what things are going on at Fellowship? How can we get involved? How can we serve? Pretty early on, we decided after we got married that we were like, our next step is to go through Discover to make it our church. I felt like that was a, a important step for us. I think it also helped me feel like a part of the church. I did not feel like this was my church until we started going to a community group. And now they're our best friends and we that's who we do life with. I did not fully understand what that looked like until going through Discover. What I think is great about a Discover class is that there can be aha moments that happen um, from someone's story that's shared or the realization that, man, my story is the same as all these people. Like I actually have a lot in common with these people. I think we decided to lead a group, a Discover group, because we saw just the value in discipleship. Like that's the backbone, that's the foundation of what Fellowship believes is that we are in this church to become equipped so that we can produce and release, so that we can share what we have learned and disciple others so that they can disciple others and so on. And I think that was very evident in our Discover class that we went through together and that's something that I was, I think, missing um, in a previous church, um, just that element of discipleship. I love being a part of the, the doorstep for people to dive into being a part of our church. It's just exciting and I think I love having those relationships and seeing uh, some of those couples who still know each other and we still have a connection even if we're not there every day. Well, welcome to Fellowship Rogers. This is our expression of, we're one of three campuses of Fellowship Bible Church of Northwest Arkansas, and we want to get to know you. We are not just a place to come and experience worship and teaching on a Sunday morning, but more importantly, we wanna live life with you. We wanna help you parent your children. We wanna help you through the ups and downs of life. And um, I can't think of a better way for you to start getting in a small group than to join us in our Discover class. It's going to start next week. We still have room for you to sign up. So if you're new to fellowship or you've been here a while and you're ready to jump in and learn more about us as a church, join Discover. It is also our pathway to membership. So maybe you've been here a decade and you're ready to jump in and, and join the church. You can take Discover. You can even stay in your regular community group and take Discover as well. We would love to have you. Hey, next week is gonna be huge. 
Because not only are we launching Discover, but we're launching a whole bunch of other stuff as well, like our training center classes. So if you'd love to go deeper in your faith, if you'd love to broaden your base of theological knowledge or biblical knowledge, we would love to have you in a training center core training class. You can sign up for those at the website, fellowshiprogers.org. We would love to have you. They launch next week. Also, next week, we've got a new series starting. So Philippians will be starting next week, and we've got Philippians study guides available. They're out in the foyer. You can pick those up for $10. Now, many of you, your small groups or your men's group or your women's group We'll be going through this, and so you'll need to grab one. So pick one up and be ready for next week as we launch Philippians. And also next week, we are launching community groups. And we're doing it a little bit different this year. We're actually having a huge tailgate party right here on the Fellowship Rogers campus. It runs from 4.30 to 6.30. But you might want to get here a little bit early to set up your tailgate. We'll have spots available around the campus. Some are shaded, some are out in the sun. We will also have spots available indoors, like in the foyer or the student center or um, covered areas like the pavilion or whatnot. So get here, set up your tailgate, and then come on in here. If you have children who are um, five years old or under, we will provide kids' time for them. You need to register for that. Students six years old and up are just welcome to join us for the evening, and they can run around your tailgate, bring them some popsicles, do whatever you need to do. So we want your group to join us next week, and we're going to launch community groups together. Hey, last thing. Um, If you're new to fellowship, so maybe today's your first day ever. Or maybe you've been trickling in over the summer. Maybe you just moved here from across the country or across the world and you wanna know more about our church. I've got good news for you. We're gonna make it really easy for you. We've got a newcomers gathering today, right after this service. If you'll go out into the foyer and look across the hallway, you'll see a big banner. That'll lead you to the family center. If you've got kids registered, go pick them up and bring them. We've got high-end snacks available over there for you. If you're really cheap on the budget, you could call that lunch for your family, save some money today. But we just love to tell you a little bit more about fellowship and see your face. Hey, would you pray with me? Well, Lord Jesus, as we head into our time of offering and as we continue to lift up praises and prayers to you, would you prepare our hearts to hear your word? And Lord, we trust that your word is always true It's authoritative, and it tells us how to live. And so give us ears to hear, hear, give us eyes to see today. And I pray that we would not leave here the same people we were when we walked in. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this moment of worship that we have this morning.
fellowship. It's so awesome to be with you guys this morning and get to share from God's word. And today we get to talk about the nations. And I'm Jason McMahon, the global outreach pastor here at Fellowship Rogers. And I want to share a little bit of our church defined series. So we've been doing this for four weeks and today is our last day. And so you're like, man, why do they have the missions guy talking on the last day? Well, let me walk you through that a little bit. We have been given a definition of the church. 
And we have talked about the ultimate goal of the church, which is to glorify God, right? And then we have talked about the ultimate goal of the church, to glorify God for the purpose of the church, which is to love God and love people. And we wanna do that well. And we have talked about the function of the church, which is evangelism, discipleship, worship, fellowship, and care. And we've had great teaching on these things. And, the, and the, we talked about the form of the church and about the strategy of the church. And then we've talked about those things in terms of the church, the universal church, the big church. And then what did those things mean for Fellowship Bible Church Rogers? And today, in the final day of this church series of Church Defined, I want to define what it means to talk about the final three words of our vision statement. Do you know what they are? In our vision and mission, do you know what they are? Well, let me show you. Our vision here is to change the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas. You've seen this before, right? Our mission statement, to produce and release spiritual leaders who know and express the authentic Christ or Jesus to Northwest Arkansas. But my role on our team is to remind you of the last three words, and the world. And so as you look at these again, our mission statement says to produce and release spiritual leaders, that's you guys, who know and express Jesus right here in our own community, but also to the world. And so today we're gonna talk about that. And so I wonder what you think, because I often hear it like I read it to you. I don't know if you noticed that, that I actually left off and the world the first two times I read it. Sometimes you hear it read where people talk about let's, let's produce and release spiritual leaders and it's just cut short there. And then it's cut short sometimes at expressing the authentic Christ and then it's cut short again to Northwest Arkansas. But our elders wrote it, right? And so we love to follow an elder-ran church and we have so many great leaders from this church that helped write this thing for us and so should we do it is the question, or should we just change it? Should we just take it off of there and let's don't do it? Or is this something that we're all called to and God has brought us here to do this and he's gonna use us to do things that can't, we can't even imagine right now about places that have no expression of the church that are in the toughest places in the world and maybe he'll use some of us, maybe he'll use all of us and I think that's what he's calling us to in this moment and in this time. And so the ultimate goal of the church is to glorify God. We've taught you that, right? That's been said from this pulpit over and over for the last few weeks. That's the ultimate goal, glorify God. But the final expression of that is to go to the nations, to go where there is no local church, where there aren't local believers, where there aren't translated scriptures. And so today, we get to talk about that and so, have you ever heard this? I was told this in the last few weeks, actually, that the best way to kill missions in a church is to hire a missions pastor. I don't believe that, by the way. So, yeah, don't, Mickey, if you're here, don't fire me, because I don't believe that. And so, listen for the next, like, 20 minutes here, and let me see if I can make the case for why that's a we thing and not a me thing. And the reason that's said often is because 
you look and you say, oh, he's got that. The missionaries that we sent out, the global workers that we sent out, they've got that. That's not my thing. This is all of our thing. Or we shouldn't have put it in our mission and vision statement. So let's make the case for that today. And I wanna show you a picture of where we're headed today, the future, heaven. And so take your Bibles, open them up to Revelation 7, verse nine and 10. And I love to say this, aren't we blessed? Because I wonder if you think about this. Aren't we blessed to have it in your heart language today? God's revelation of what our future will be like and it's put right there. I have friends who don't, do not have this. I have friends who are believers who do not have this. And so you're flipping to hear from God right now in Revelation 7, 9. And after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude. We've got lots of people. And this vision of John, he's on an island. He wants to worship. That no one could count. There's so many people, he can't count them. They're from every nation. They're from every tribe. That's an easier word. They're from every people, and they're from every language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the nations are there. Does this verse, this is like one of the most awe-striking verses in the Bible to me. Every time I read it, I believe that John had to be seeing into the future, outside of time, into heaven, because we know that of the 7,100 languages spoke on earth, that they all couldn't have been represented. And so later, I'm actually gonna introduce you to a friend of mine that is from one of those language groups that had no known believers as far as anyone could count, and now he's a believer. And so deep in my heart, sometimes I kind of wonder if John saw my friend, Zerbo, in this vision of Revelations that was written a long time ago. And so that's where we're going today. I wonder for you guys as you read this verse, is anybody already tuning out and saying, ah, international ministry, that's not my thing. Just community is my thing. Well, I think you're wrong if that's the case. And so stay with me here and let's try to get into what scripture says because I believe we're all called to this today. And so I'm grateful, I know you are too, about someone took the gospel to you. Can you think of who that person is right now? Can you remember how it got to you? For me, it was at a church camp and there was a stuttering guy who brought that to me and he could not speak without a stutter. And so I'm really grateful for that guy and how it got here and the people who've sacrificed to get it to us. And so I think God is calling us to do that back. And let's take a look here in Romans 10, verse 13 and 14. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All you have to do today, by the way, if you're new here and you don't know this, is call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So if you're wondering, am I called? Here it is, here's the calling, right? It's right here in front of you, Romans 10, 
And so look at verse 13 again. I'm so encouraged by this. It's a call on Jesus and you get to be saved. But I want you to look at the gap between verse 13 and 14. It creates a problem. There's a problem. And so I think this is where we get to come in and be a solution to this problem because God will use us. And I've seen this happen and it's happening from people from this church all over. And so in verse 14, it goes on to say, how then can they call on the one, Jesus is the one, they have not believed in and they can't yell out for him if they have not yet believed. And how can they believe in the one, I wrote Jesus again in my notes here, of whom they have not heard. Isn't this so sad that there's people who don't know what you know? Like I live every day of my life knowing where I'm headed toward Revelation 7, 9. I know that's where it's, go, it's going for me. I'm, I'm assured of that. These scriptures promise me that. I read them daily. I pray to God because of this. And I know what Jesus did for me. And there's people who do not know this. What a great problem for us to get to step into. But at the same time, it's also heartbreaking. We have to go. Like, we have to go. It's so comfortable to sit here. I know you're all comfortable right now. The air conditioning's great. The chairs are comfortable. Sam always gives the coffee a hard time, but we do have coffee, right? It's, it's not that bad. And today, God is calling us to go. And so at the end, I'm gonna outline what are the options that you have. But he's being very clear with us. And we have to send people. You might not be the one who's going, but we have to send people. And we are called to this. And this verse gets better in verse 15. And so I wanna show you that. And how can anyone preach? So they need people to preach to them. How can anyone preach unless they are sent? They need to be sent. That's it's many of your roles. Many of you have participated in that. A lot of you help send many people from this church. And then it goes on to say, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Who has the beautiful feet? Who are those people? I want you guys to look at me. I wanna be super, super clear of who I think those people are and who I think scripture's telling us these people are. It's you. It's all of us. We are the ones who get to bring the good news. And this is what Jesus said how beautiful are the feet of the ones who bring the good news. You get that opportunity. That's us. You remember last week, John Barclay came up and he put the robe on people from our church and he said that the priesthood of the believer, that the Holy Spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And then he put the robe on and he said that you are the witnesses to the world. And he, and he talked about that, that it's not the staff it's you. And John gave that. And so I wanna be very, very clear that you get to have the beautiful feet. You get to take this message to the world that if they believe in their hearts and their mouth confesses that Jesus is Lord, salvation is brought to them. You accepted that message and now you get to take it to others. And so we're grateful for that. The spirit lives inside of us. But I wanna give you some, uh, the most compelling quote that I've ever seen for this, and it's from John Piper. 
And I think it's the best definition of why missions even exist. And so he says, missions exist because worship does not. So we send people because there's places that our lamb, Jesus, is not worshiped for what he sacrificed, for what he did. And I know that's hard because sometimes I think, man, it's for the people, and it is for the people that don't know, but they're just like us, guys. They'll let you down, they'll fail, they're broken, but Jesus, the lamb, is the reason to go. And there's countries, there's areas, there's languages, there's tribes that don't worship Jesus and he deserves that. And so that's the compelling reason and this definition shows us that. And we believe that the best way to do that is with the local church. And so if there's no local church, if there's no one to preach, if no one sends them, how will they believe and how will they confess with their mouth? So missions exist because worship does not. Let's dive a little bit deeper and I wanna show you a map. So now I feel really at home, by the way. I used to be a geography teacher. So this map, some of you have seen things like this, some of you haven't, okay? I wanna explain these colors to you guys. So you see the red zone? Our team, the global outreach team, that's what we're focused on is this red zone, this area right here. And so you see the little window, the box? Some people will call that the 1040 window. A lot of you know that, some of you don't. It's called the 1040 window. And so it's some lines, and these are people in that area that don't have access, okay? And so you, some of you have heard the term unreached people groups. Anybody heard that, unreached people groups? Shaking your head before, and you're, I bet some of you have heard unreached people groups, and you're like too embarrassed to say, I don't really know what that means even. I've had that before. I felt that way. And so let me tell you what that means. That means less than 3% of the population amongst that tribe, amongst that language group, don't know Jesus. So if you get to less than 3%, you're talking 1%, 2%, that kind of thing. You're talking about one or two out of 100 people in your language. If you knew 100 people, do any of you guys have 100 friends? Because I don't. And so I don't have that many friends. So it would be hard for me to get to the gospel. And I've experienced this. I've seen this with people. They don't have it. They don't have access to it. And so these people are what we call unreached people. They would live their whole life and never hear the truth of Jesus, that all they have to do is believe and confess that he is Lord, and then they get salvation, and they get Revelation 7 with us in that day. And so, this is what we're focused on. Another phrase that you'll hear is unengaged. So unreached, less than 3%, unengaged. What does that mean? That basically means no one's praying for you, no one's going, there's no known believers, there's no translation, there's no church, there's none of those things. So unengaged is even worse. Unreached, you could say, you could have a dream from Jesus and you could start looking for him, but unengaged means no one's even there. There's no option, there's no ability to find it. And so in this red zone right here, or the 1040 window, I wonder, sitting here today, if there's any people that are justice warriors and you stand for justice and your heart burns at injustice. Because I can tell you in this area, guys, this is where women are treated very difficultly sometimes. And I've experienced this. And this is where sex trafficking is born oftentimes. This is where kidnapping happens. This is where slavery actually still takes place. 
and in some cases, even colonization. And so we're calling upon you today as a justice warrior to let your heart burn for these people to help bring the gospel to them and give them eternal salvation. Now let's talk about the yellow area a little bit. You see it, it's Europe, Russia, some of those places, the stands. And so a lot of that area is what we would say is going the wrong way. So they used to have a higher number of believers and now they're starting to go the wrong way. They're going downward. Now I'll give you something encouraging. If you look in the southeast corner there, you'll see some islands called Indonesia. And it has yellow in it. And it used to be all red, Indonesia did. And if you see on the map up there, it's mostly red, but there's some yellow specks in there. And so I have some encouraging news that goes for all of us, is we have seven missions teams in Indonesia from this church that are a part of that yellow area. And so Indonesia is going the right way for Jesus. There's people, there's a movement of God that's happening. And people from our church are supporting that, working in that, and bringing the good news. How beautiful are their feet that bring the good news. Some of you are on their support teams, and we thank you for that. Don't you wanna get involved in something like that? So those yellow areas can mean two different things, going the right way, going the wrong way. And so we wanted to define that, but if you live in the yellow area, it's probably possible to get a copy of God's word in your language. It's possible to find a believer. It's possible to go to a church. And then finally, the green areas. If you see the green areas, it's a lot of the world. And so why are we not so focused on those areas? Because there's unbelievers, like you guys know, in Rogers, in Springdale, in Lowell. There's unbelievers that you work with that are your neighbors, and we are. John Barclay outlined that last week. And who's the best person to reach them? John Barclay outlined that, it's you. It's not me, it's not John. It's you, you work with them. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And so in these green areas, there is a local church, there is a Bible translation for these people. And it doesn't always mean that it's thriving, but it is there. And so in our global outreach team, we are really focused on this red area, the 1040 window, unreached, unengaged, <clears throat> unengaged people groups. So let me give you a few stats that will help you to kind of understand this and uh, wrap your head around it about what we spend money on. Because a lot of times you follow the money, right? To find out what we really care about, what our heart is. So 5.6% of all giving, all Christian giving, 5.6% of all Christian giving goes to missions, to outreach. 1.2% of the 5.6% goes to that red area. So 1.2% of the 5.6% goes to the red area. If you're just kind of wondering, I'm really terrible at math and some math teacher's probably gonna correct me after this, but 0.0005% of all of our Christian giving goes to the red area where people don't have scriptures, they don't have churches, they don't have believers, and they're seeking God by getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go pray and hoping that if they do enough, they'll get there to Revelation 7, 9, where we're headed. And so my heart breaks for that. I wanna give you a few things that are kind of funny and not so funny that it probably will offend a few people that, uh, that we spend double. Most of these we spend about double what we spend on missions, okay? 
and you're gonna be safe here at the beginning, a lot of you, I think, okay? Number one, tattoo removals. Okay, so a lot, I haven't had any tattoo removals. I feel good about that one. Okay, number two, this is gonna catch more people, pet grooming. Ugh. All right, number three, I, this is where I get captured, streaming services. You know, I spent like an hour and a half yesterday trying to get the Razorback game up. Number four, golf balls. We spend about double the amount of money on golf balls as we do to that red area. Number five, fishing. People who go fishing, that probably caught a lot of you right there, golf balls and fishing. Women are feeling really safe right now. What about getting your nails done? That one we spend more than double than what we do in the red area. And this one is for everybody, gourmet coffee, which also includes Starbucks, just so you know, definition-wise. And so Jesus, just forgive us for that. Where we do that, where we, we waste more money at Walmart on an accidental trip where we went to get one thing than we give to this red area. But I will tell you that that could just be a guilt trip and some of you are like, oh man, that's a guilt trip, that's tough. And so I want you to know that that's not the case that it, that's not the big problem. The big problem is this, guys. The big problem is that we need more people to go. And so that's what we're calling for, is for people to go. We need people to go, and then we will give them the money that they need to go. Okay, next up, I wanna outline our plan. We've got a plan. We had that in the world earlier. We have a strategy that we wanna share with you guys about how do we get this to the world and so, uh, number one, we need Bible translators. We need people to go translate, but the word of God in their language. I wanna introduce you to someone, a family here that you, some of you will know. It's the Simons. We got Jeremy, Whitney, Evan, Josiah, and my buddy Colin. And these people used to live in Kenya for about eight years, and they did this. And now Jeremy is still traveling all around the world to get the sign languages Two people, and you may not know this, but the best way for sign language people to learn, or deaf people to learn in their language is not American Sign Language. I was shocked by that, and which tells you how silly that is. And so Jeremy goes around with tech equipment, and he sets it up so that we can film sign language for these people, and to get the word to them. And so I wanna show you another picture here of a of some people hearing the gospel for the, or seeing the gospel, that's the way to say it, for the first time ever in Nepal because of sign language. And so as you look at these people, they are being taught that Jesus is salvation, that if they believe and they confess with their mouths that they will get to believe and be in Revelation 7 in heaven with us. Jeremy gave me this stat, I wanna read it to you. There are 380 sign languages around the world, 70 million deaf people, and only 2% of those people are believers. Man, what a call. Go introduce yourself to Jeremy sometime in the back. And so it's such a calling to translate scriptures, and we're so glad that we have Jeremy doing that. We have other people from our church that are praying about doing that, and we're grateful for that. Jeremy taught me something really, really cool that I wanna teach you and I actually want you to do it the second time with me. And so it's the sign language for we are called to the nations. 
So we are called to the nations. All right, you ready? Again, you do it with me this time. We are called to the nations. I'm sure I messed that up, but they would be glad to help you with that later. That's what they're doing. People from our own church are doing that, okay? I wanna tell you a deeply personal story here about church planning amongst the unreached and unengaged. This was me. A lot of you don't know this, but I lived in Africa. I was a basketball coach for about 20 years here, and then I lived in Africa for five years. And so we went to take the gospel to people who didn't know and to plant churches. And so let me show you a picture of some of my friends. This is Isa, the gardener, and he's got the white T-shirt on, or kind of white T-shirt. And then there's Lucina, and he's a truck washer, and he has the kind of more dirty shirt on there. And these are some of my best friends in the whole wide world. And I love these guys. And so one day, my friend and my teammate was buying some flowers and some dirt from these guys. And he said, Isa, is your name? You've gotta be kidding me. Do you know what that means? And he said, yeah, it means Jesus in Arabic. And he says, would you like to hear more? Would you like to study the Bible and know more about that? And Isa was like, of course. And we said, hey, you got friends that would like to hear? And he said, yes. And he said, Lucina would for sure wanna hear this. And so, I wanna show you this group. This is where we met at his little garden. You can see my kids in the picture. You can pick them out. You see the girl in the red pants? Her name is Habi. She's the goddaughter of Isa. And so she wanted to study the Bible also, but she also wanted to learn some English. She came, and at the end of this, she believed. We studied for about two years. We studied for about two years, and she said, I believe this. Now, I will tell you today that she's struggling with persecution and that people are trying to force her to go back, and we don't even know what that means here to Islam. But my wife was working with some people at a refugee camp, and I wanna show you a picture of that in this refugee camp and how terrible it is. This is a landfill that's filled up, and these people lived in the northern part of our country, Mali, and they were devastated by war, and they were torn by war, and so they were forced to evacuate to the capital city, but no one could get there. Remember unengaged people? I told you that. These were unengaged people, and so we couldn't get there. It was too dangerous, but my wife was working. They spoke a different language. We couldn't get the language there to them, and so then she took Habi when she became a believer and started doing life-on-life -life discipleship, and guess what? It was very crooked roads because of language barriers, and how do we get the gospel to these people? And God made a way. He moved these people down to this trash dump, and it became the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to them, is for them to be moved down. And it became very strategic, because it was a discipleship, life on life with Habi. And so my wife prayed, and American people were very strategic people. And she looked in message boards, and she found five different languages that it possibly could play the Jesus film for these people. And on the fifth try, it worked. They said, we understand, we get this. And so for a year, they studied. And they said, we believe. And so I wanna show you a picture of these people that I'll introduce you to in heaven. The guy I talked about earlier, he's from an unreached, unengaged people group. He's at the back of this picture. His name's Zerbo. And these are the ones who believe. How beautiful are the feet of those who send and go. 
Thank you guys for that. So we've got translations. We've got church planning. Now I have another exciting thing to tell you is that there's a third prong to all of this and the nations are here, right here amongst us. And I have a friend who's a resident here. And so I'm gonna call him up and while he comes up for me to talk to him a little bit, I wanna tell you a little bit. This guy is from Nepal. He speaks Nepalese, Hindi, Mandarin, and now we're gonna do an interview in like his fourth language. Which by the way, you guys all speak English, which is the most spoken language in the world and one of the hardest to learn. And so, I wanna introduce you to my friend, Ashish Sadai. Hi, hi fellowship, hi, thank you. Hi. Glad to be here, glad to be here. Ashish, but, tell yeah. us what you're doing here. Um, firstly, my name is Ashish Sadai. I'm from Nepal, as you mentioned. Um, I came to America two years ago as a student, graduated uh, with my MBA in IT from Missouri State a couple of months ago, and was all set to go into uh, business analysis or product management, something like that. And residency with Fellowship Bible Church popped up as one of the options. At first, I did not know if I really wanted to do it, but I prayed a lot about it, and I felt God pushing me this direction. So right now, I'm a, I'm a resident with Fellowship Bible Church, particularly working with uh, Fellowship Mosaic as a community resident. Yeah. Awesome. We're so glad you're here. Me too. Now, what, you said a little bit of what you're doing. You're working as a residency, but what are you really doing? Like, what, what are you doing for us? What can, what's going on? As a church... Uh, more so, I, I, my heart and my prayer is for us to really be welcoming and loving towards this international community, the foreigners we have in Northwest Arkansas. There are thousands of foreigners uh, in Northwest Arkansas, as you can see. And guess what? Most of them, majority of them are from that red zone, so-called 1040 windows, window that we're talking about. And God has actually brought that mission field here in Northwest Arkansas, how convenient for us. Yeah, so yeah, that's my heart is for us as a church to go out there and love them and welcome them and actually be hospitable to the people from that part of the world. And that's what I want to do together as a church, Fellowship Bible Church. So not just you do it, you want us to do it. Absolutely. I, it now how does that look? What, how do we do that? Uh, as, you, as you ask that, in my personal experience, being one of them and also being one of us here, um, I think over 80% of these uh, foreigners don't even get to set a foot in an American household throughout their time and that they're in here. What do you think? What do you, what do we say? I think my experience says it's much more like 99 out of 100, probably. You're, you're being very conservative there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is true. Uh, being an international student and now working in the business world, I can, I can say that there's so, so few people that they, they don't feel like uh, they belong here. They feel like an outsider. And, and that's, that's, that's where my heart is for us because uh, being a foreigner in a foreign land is not easy and you might vouch onto that. Um, yes. And I, I believe that's why God gave several commandments in the Bible about loving foreigners, uh, one of such being don't mistreat but love foreigners uh, like you love yourself as you once were foreigners in Egypt. So my heart and my prayer for us as a church is going out there and love them and feeling them, making them feel included because they want to feel included. Uh, they want to make local friends because uh, it, Apparently, I'm telling you, it's, it's a cool thing in partner community if you have an American friend, a local friend. And they, they want to feel included. They don't want to feel like an outsider. Uh, just like I do not feel like an outsider when I'm with you, the body of Christ. Just like I do not feel like an outsider when I'm loved and when a brother from the church comes and fixes my car when I'm not able to. When, when everybody in the church is trying to make sure that I'm settling well in this, in this area. And when I go out there and share this with my international friends, they get curious about this love that we have going on in the body of Christ. 
it just reminds me of John 13 when, when he says, when God says that, this is how all men shall, shall know that you are my disciples, when they say love that you have amongst each other. So my heart as, as for us as a church is going out and loving them, uh, being hospitable to them. And yeah, and yeah, if, you, if you have an international friend, great. Uh, if you want to talk to me about how you want to reach them, I'd be more than happy and thrilled to do that. Uh, if you do not have international friends, if you want to make international friends and go love them, I'm happy to do that too. And like we can work together in connecting with uh, the international community and actually loving them. Uh, because what we have here as a body of Christ, mm-hmm. disciples of Jesus Christ, the community we have here, is so much more different than what the world has to offer. We're so excited to have this opportunity. You don't have to burn the ships and go. They're here. There's people who, who are going back one day to their home, and we've got a sheesh here to do that. Let me show you, I said we we're all called to this. Let me give you the multiple choice test of the options here that I think that Ashish and I have talked about. Is God calling you to send? Does he want you to sacrifice and give to people to send them? Does he want you, which by the way, we have 41 people from this church who need this. Does he want you to pray and encourage others? Is he calling you to go on a trip and we're gonna have people who will talk about this with you after the service. Is he calling you to welcome, like Ashish said, and is he calling you to go? Those are the things that we've come up with that we hope that today you hear that God's calling us to do this. We're gonna have Ashish pray in Nepalese today to, to get us to our next song. Thank you. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Oh, that was English. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Amen.
like you would again a hundred billion times but what measure could amount to your desire you're the one who never leaves one behind Fellowship, what a great day. I just want you to remember the last three words of our mission statement and the world, and that we are called to this, the nations. And so today, you saw this list. I know God's twinged your heart to some of this. How do I connect? Well, Ashish is gonna go back to the center booth. You can talk to him. If you'd like to have an international come to your Thanksgiving, he would love to set you up with that. And so he's gonna be back there. We've got Wade Tomlinson, who's one of our global workers. As soon as you go out this door and you take a right, Wade will be right there on your right. Ryan Thornton would love to pray with you. Wade can talk to you about short-term trips. How can you connect in? How can you know more about the global outreach team? And he'd be a fun guy for you to get to meet if you don't know him. Over here, we have the prayer room. We have the Thompsons. As a church, if you feel called to go, this is not a you thing. This is a church thing. And so they would love to discern with you and pray with you and begin that process. By the way, we have five people who said, I wanna go to that red area. Start to pray with me about that. And I believe God could be calling me from this congregation. We have five people who've said that. And so you can begin that step here or right out the back today. If you're brand new, if you remember, Sam said right across the hall, we're having a newcomer social and we want you to feel invited to that. You don't have to go to the nations today. We don't have airplane tickets for you yet. So we would love for you to go over there and connect and get to know people and make this your church home. I wanna close because Jesus ascended to heaven and he gave the disciples one last thing and I just wanna read that with you. So if you guys will stand and let's just read God's word here in Acts 1-8 together. I'm gonna turn and read it with you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You have the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, inside of you to go to the ends of the earth. Amen. We'll see you next week.